Andrea, thank you so much for joining us here on the Marketing Ops Now podcast. So happy to be here. Should be a fun conversation. So can you start by telling our listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. In a lot of ways, I am a professional agile marketing nerd. I spend pretty much all my time these days thinking, talking, writing about agile marketing. So I've been doing that in one way or another for seven or so years. Right now, that takes the form of CEO of Agile Sherpas. So we are a marketing-focused training and consulting organization. So I oversee the team there as they go out and, and really kind of get in the weeds, get in the trenches and help marketers apply agile ways of working to what they do every day. Wow. So most of our listeners probably have an idea of this in their head, but just in case, what exactly is agile marketing? Yeah. So agile as a framework or a way of, of operating originated inside of software development over 20 years ago now. And it's the idea that you're going to release smaller things to an audience more often instead of waiting months or even years until you've got this big, giant, perfect thing to put in front of them. Uh, That used to be applied mostly to software releases. We help marketers apply it to marketing work. So smaller, more iterative campaigns that you can get in front of people and say, hey, what do you think? Is this adding value? Is this resonating with you? If yes, cool, we often do more of it. If not, Also cool because we didn't spend a whole quarter's worth of budget on making it and we can pivot away from it if it turns out to be the wrong thing. Uh, So it sounds really intuitive and straightforward when you say it like that, but it turns out when you actually try to fundamentally change the way you design work, set up teams, do stuff day to day, then things start to get messy. And that's where a lot of people kind of find they need need a guide on making that transition. Yeah, no, uh, that makes a ton of sense. I mean, from uh, my experience on uh, the MarTech side of things, uh, the technology is actually always the easiest part of this. Uh, (laughs) It is uh, the human operating system uh, around this that, yeah, it just takes a lot more energy to uh, evolve. So I'm kind of curious, like, what are some of the common misunderstandings that you hear about with agile marketing? Yeah, some of the most prevalent ones are definitely this idea that you can kind of piecemeal agile or do it on the side of your desk or kind of part-time, but it's really a change in the way that we think about what work is important and how we spend our time. And so if you try to tell people, just go be agile like 30% of the day or even 70% of the day, it starts to get messy. And so really agile is like, a mindset. It's a way of being. And so if more people were able to say, I'm committed, I'm going to change everything about how me and my teams work, then I think there would be less pain in the, in the adoption phase. But that's, that's been a very persistent misunderstanding kind of from day one that I've been involved in the movement. I also think there's still a lot of, of misunderstandings about the day-to-day of what agile and marketing can look like. Most software development teams are scrum teams. They use sprints to really time box their work into short iterations, a couple of weeks. Sometimes marketers really struggle with that because their work doesn't feel like it fits in that kind of arbitrary time box, which is fine. Like agile 
doesn't always equal sprinting, doesn't always equal scrum. And so being able to take a broader view uh, and to be a bit more creative in the way that we set up marketing agility, uh, I think helps a lot with, with that particular challenge also. Now, one of the misunderstandings that I feel I, I run into uh, uh, from time to time, uh, less frequently now than in the past, but uh, yeah, always used to uh, drive me a little bit crazy, uh, was people saying, oh, well, that that agile way of working, that is somehow opposed to being very strategic, you know, and intentful, you know, in what yes. you want to get done. What would be your response to that? Yes. I remember when there was that Oreo tweet from the Super Bowl years ago and everyone was like, this is it. This is the epitome of agile marketing because we were able to like do something really fast and responsive to a news event. It's not the same because there is, there's this, there's this need to align the work that you do with the agile team to a larger strategic objective. And so it's finding a way to create that through line. That's what you're really after. It's not that there isn't any big idea that there's no strategic roadmap and we're just kind of showing up and doing whatever feels right from day to day. I think as agile marketing has gotten more deeply embedded across the function, as opposed to just pockets here and there, then, then people have been kind of driven to figure that out because you can't just have little groups of people going and, and running in different directions. You have to like exert everyone's power to move in the same direction. Otherwise you're diluting the impact that's possible with each individual team. How do you recommend people think about, uh, you know, this balance between, uh, you know, setting a strategy, uh, but then having like an agile operating system for how they implement that strategy. I guess the phrase agile planning uh, comes to mind, but like how, how should people think about agile and in, in sort of that view of like, okay, well, what's the plan? Yeah. The, the analogy that I find really helpful is it's kind of like you're planning a cross country road trip. So you need to know where you're trying to go. Like a road trip to New York city is very, very different than a road trip to Orlando, Florida, if we're starting you know, on the West Coast in California somewhere. So you have to know where you're trying to get to, or you're going to meander aimlessly and have a whole bunch of wasted effort. But you're also not going to get down to this like micro level where you say, drive eight miles at 67 miles per hour, and then change lanes around that big semi-truck that's in your way you leave those day-to-day responsive choices to the agile teams themselves because they're the ones driving the car. They're the ones out there doing the work, but you have to be able to tell them, nope, we're still going to New York City. Like, even though you hit a traffic jam, that's still the goal and we're still committed to doing that big idea, but we're allowing you to be iterative and responsive in those short-term moments as the work is happening where I see people get in trouble is they'll show up in January and say, yes, we're going to New York city for sure. That's where we want to be. And then in March they say, oh no, never mind. We decided it's Mexico city and you're going to have to change everything. So horribly frustrating to the teams who are trying to drive the cars and lots of waste and, and angst gets introduced. So providing a stable big picture while being agile in the shorter term, I think is how we get to that better place. Oh, I love that analogy. So 
I, I guess if at the, the the highest level of having that clarity around your destination, you know, it's like a strategic choice. And then also makes a ton of sense that like on, when you're actually on the highway driving, like, you know, uh, agile freedom to like, you know, adapt to the best, uh, you know, path and traffic around you. But like in between those two extremes, there's this like range of like, okay, how flexible or adaptable are we on like where budget gets allocated? You know, how long we run a particular campaign? Do we shift another one? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I imagine that's just very challenging, uh, you know, in larger organizations to figure out, okay, well, where does agile start to shift between different teams mm-hmm. versus just being about the execution within a particular team? What's what's your perspective on that? Yeah, it's so true. And I feel like some of the more traditional agile ways of working leave that middle perspective out altogether. And we've set up what we call strategy groups to kind of be that intermediary. And they're those more they balance the on the ground knowledge with the big picture strategic point of view and they help make those medium term decisions right so oh it turns out there's a great like it's the world's biggest ball of yarn on the way to new york city and and we need to decide should we stop there or not is that a worthwhile thing to do should we pause this campaign in favor of another these more they're medium level decisions and so having people whose job it is to take that middle view give the input to the teams, again, without micromanaging and without taking away their agility and staying plugged into that higher level kind of senior executive leader point of view, because you're never going to get the executive team to try to get down into that nitty gritty and expecting them to is like setting everybody up for failure. So having people whose job it is to kind of play air traffic control, I think helps alleviate some of the miscommunication that can often happen between the agile team and that senior, senior leadership level. And for what it's worth, I always think you should go visit the world's largest ball of yarn, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. Um, so earlier on, you were talking about, you know, as, as teams are adapting agile marketing, there's perhaps some marketing activities that they find more naturally fit, you know, with that model and others that they sort of struggle with to figure out, okay, how do we map this into an agile operating system? Can you maybe talk a little bit about both ends of that? Like, what are the things that just seem like, okay, if you're starting with agile marketing, like, for instance, this kind of marketing activity is just such a clear fit to get your, you know, training wheels on. Yeah, people love looking at finite projects, from the agile point of view, because it feels like there's milestones, there's key deliverables throughout that we can chunk up maybe into that sprint format. And that feels easier to get their heads around. That can definitely work. And sometimes that's a nice low risk trial. The watch out on that is that if you only plan a single project or even a couple of projects in this agile way, and you don't take into account all the business as usual stuff, then you're risking the success of those projects because business as usual won't go away. It's always going to be there and people are going to need stuff that's outside the scope of that project. So making sure you visualize that work somehow and give people the opportunity to say, oh, look, there's a whole lot of this and a whole lot of that. And there's no way it's all going to fit in my week. And to make trade-offs accordingly, that's crucial. And I think I have yet to find any marketing activity that simply will not go in agile. There's nothing, seven years now, I've not found it to say that's impossible. It will never fit. 
sometimes you've got to get creative and sometimes it's about team structures and all of this. But if you can visualize the work, if you can get everything on a board and in a backlog, that is key. And that's going to unlock so much for you to be able to say, oh, look, we are definitely asking people to do too much. Or Andrea is our data and analytics person. There's no way she has enough to do in the next two weeks because now we see everything that has her name on it and she's only got two cards. So let's go see what else she can be doing. And you, without visualization, those things just are in people's heads or on their calendars or in their inboxes and you never know it. And so just that step, right? If you're trying to figure out how to start, I think that step helps so, so much. Yeah. Oh, that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So uh, in fact, I haven't actually really pictured this in my own head uh, up until you've described this, but yeah, that benefit of just the clarity and the visibility of the work in progress and the loading. Yeah. uh, You know, almost independent of sort of the more iterative incremental notions that, you know, most people think of at first with agile. Yeah. It's a huge advantage. I guess, though, maybe talking for a little bit about, you know, I mean, even when you gave the description of like, okay, well, what is agile? You know, you you sort of, you know, started out with like, okay, these are the things of breaking it out into chunks that you can increment and iterate and learn from. What are some of the marketing activities that people struggle in Mm. trying to map to that? And maybe they shouldn't even be attempting to try and map that. Like uh, we have a rebrand and this is our, uh, you know, iterative approach to trying a new logo every week or something. (laughs) That sounds fun. Someone should definitely do that and like follow along on Twitter. I would love to see that happen. But no, that's a really good example is is like the rebrand where it feels like we have to have so many components available at the same time for it to go to market in a meaningful way, a new product launch, right? We can't just set up a tiny little piece and expect it to work. But again, if we're thinking about the mindset, we can oftentimes find little ways to test and learn. So putting a couple different variations in front of some core fans or an audience segment that we know likes us or customers that we know like us. And what do you think about these compared to one another? or visual styles, you know, as opposed to waiting till the whole rebrand is done and then taking the whole thing out. So there's ways to do it, but those are common challenging ones that people kind of struggle to break up in different ways. Events too tend to be ones that the people are like, well, I have to do this thing by this date for, with these people, I know exactly what I have to do and when, and that can sometimes be a good example of agile's there to help us deal with variation and uncertainty, things we could not anticipate during the planning process. So if your work is super the same every single time, I'm going to do the same templated approach and it never varies, then that might be our exception to you don't need to put this through an agile framework. I think in COVID times, nothing falls under (laughs) that category. Something's going to change. But if you had work like that, you know, there may not be any need to, to put it through agile, strictly speaking. Yeah. Well, actually, the events thing is a great one because I used to hear that a lot when, you know, again, events were primarily these in-person physical productions that, yeah, just for all the various reasons, had so much lead times on different pieces. But yeah, in these past couple of years, as people have adapted, uh, you know, to more and more virtual events, it feels like actually, yeah, even that whole playbook, uh, you know, just fits much more nicely with a test and learn, uh, you know, evolution. Yeah, you should probably be testing 
something new every time you run an event, just so that you know if it worked or not. When you see companies that are adopting agile and they hit a wall or it struggles, or there's just some sort of disconnect, what are like the top two or three things that tend to go wrong? Yeah. The most common is definitely that kind of project mode that I mentioned before, where they'll say, let's try this one agile project, spend 30% of your week on it. Cause we're going to see if it worked and I will save everyone the trouble. Now it will not work. Uh, if you try to do one single project and have people tiny, tiny fractionally dedicated to it, you didn't actually use agile because agile is there to create really hard choices about what's important and how people spend their time. So if you're not doing that when you're trying Agile and it feels too easy, then it's not going to give you benefit, right? So if you're not creating focused time and energy from your Agile team, you're not going to get faster time to market, more experimental iterations. None of that will happen and it will look like Agile failed. And that still happens a lot with people and it's quite challenging to flip that script sometimes. And that leads directly into this idea of, well, how am I supposed to take Scott off of his day job and put him onto this agile team 80, 90, 100% of the time, how will I actually do that? And now we're into talks about how do we set up teams and is our org structure actually supporting agile ways of working? We don't have the headcount that we need to build these agile teams. Now we're into like big transformational topics about roles and HR and hiring and, and people's brains start to kind of explode at that point. And so Again, we're coming back around to like, okay, yes, that's scary and, and long-term, but maybe we just visualize work first, you know, and and start limiting how much people do. And, and let's start there and, and see if that's giving us progress. So getting hung up on those, like, oh, that sounds scary and, and challenging, and it will be, but there's ways to kind of test into it. Those are Those are definitely big failure points. The other one that I think is less common now than it used to be, but still crops up is this idea that agile is for teams and leaders don't have to change that I'm going to continue to show up and drop my giant slide deck on everybody on January. And then I'm done. Good luck with that. I'll see you in you know a year, but leaders really do have to change the way that they lead, the way that they plan, the way that they budget, uh, the way that they manage stakeholders and, and kind of manage laterally to their cohort is really, really key. And if, if people aren't ready to embrace that, then that's always a big red flag for me. So when someone, uh, someone one of our listeners here says like, wow, okay, this, this, this sounds intriguing. I, um, I, I'd like to get started down this journey. Like, what are the first steps? So if you're with a team and you want to try like doing this with your team, I think that visualization exercise is key. We have a, a free uh, getting started guide on agilesherpas.com. If people want to go and grab it, it'll show you how to visualize, how to build a board, what are some of the meetings you can try, and that's all free and, and open. We also have a course that's, I don't I forget the, the pricing special that we run at any given time. I think it's 39 bucks or something where it's a taught course, like on video designed for marketers to be able to understand why Agile, how's it work? How do you get started? So those are all potential ways to go. But really, Agile is about collaboration, communication, and getting value to people faster. So anything you can do that's a process optimization, whether it's a technical Agile thing, like a backlog or a Kanban board or not, you're moving in that direction if you're talking more often, being more transparent, and trying to get more value to your customers faster. So like just do... Anything you can do to move in that direction is a plus. 
Awesome. Andrea, thank you so much for uh, taking some time to chat with me. You know, I'm a huge fan of yours. Uh, thank you uh, for leading the charge on uh, agile marketing, making marketing a better place. <laughs> Always great to chat with you, Scott. Thanks for having me. All right. Take care. 